Welcome to Innovate at Open, the podcast that explores open source through the lenses of distributed collaboration, collective invention, and technology creation. I'm your host, Gordon Half, technology evangelist with Red Hat. Hi, everyone. This is Gordon Half, technology advocate Red Hat, and I'm pleased to be here at Linux Foundation Member Summit in very nice Napa, California, with Brian Bellendorf, who's the sort of newly minted, I guess, general manager of the Open Source Security Foundation. Welcome, Brian. Thank you, Gordon. Brian, what is the Open Source Security Foundation? What was the impetus behind creating this? Sure. Well, um, over a year ago, actually just before the pandemic started, <laughs> I, I simultaneously at two different firms at, at GitHub and at Google, small groups of uh, uh, a small group of companies got together around each to start really uh, thinking about this problem of application security and and dependency security and what happens during build time and distribution, like all these kind of blind spots that I think we have in the open source community around how code is built, develop, uh, built and deployed and makes it way to, its way to the end users. Um, and and pretty quick, it was funny how both started simultaneously. And then people realized it'd probably be better to combine forces, right, on, on something like this. And so there wasn't any budget, there wasn't really, you know, any clear ownership, but the Linux Foundation stepped in and um, partly at the behest of these companies. And it came to be a home just for kind of the informal collaboration around ideas, around what, what really could be done here. And then um, that group came up with, uh, oh, let's focus on developer identity and, and, and signatures on releases and things. So that became a, a working group. Uh, let's look at uh, best practices and education materials. It became the best practices working group. Six different working groups were formed and a bunch of projects underneath. Um, and and uh, some momentum started to build and a recognition that there might be some system uh, uh, ways to address these gaps uh, in uh, across that entire life cycle, across uh, you know code coming out of a developer's head, going into an IDE, uh, them choosing the dependencies to build upon, and then all the way to distribution. There's all these points of intervention, uh, places where there could be improvements made. Uh, and, and that became the Open Source Security Foundation. And then after about a, a year of this mapping the landscape and figuring out what what to, what to do, uh, it was clear that there were some places where some funding could be applied. And so in the typical Linux Foundation fashion, we said, well, let's 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 see who's interested in solving this problem together. And uh, uh, there are a bunch of existing organizations, about 60 or so. Uh, most of those and a whole bunch of new ones came together and, and agreed to pool some funds, um, what ended up being over $10 million to go and tackle uh, this space, you know, and not with a specific idea of we're going to build this product or we're going to, to solve that one thing, but a more general purpose, like let's let's uplift the whole of the open source ecosystem. Uh, uh, raising the bar is one way to think of it, but raising the floor is a phrase that I think I, I prefer better. Um, and then as as the momentum got uh, went and got, got together around a, a proper funded entity, um, I, I had been concerned about this space for a long time, being at the uh, working and leading the uh, Hyperledger initiative uh, as executive director for that, as well as uh, um, Linux Foundation Public health and um and i said I, i'm happy to help on this and i probably should so i jumped over to lead this as executive director and we not launched that in mid-october announced the funding and uh, have our first governing board meeting tomorrow friday <laughs> well good good luck with that not to make this too inside baseball but Liz foundation had had their core infrastructure initiative mm -hmm. that was kind of kicked off i guess by heart bleed exactly. and some of those problems and it seems the focus has shifted a bit 
the, the Heartbleed bug was specifically in OpenSSL, right? And so Jim Zemlin, my boss, went around and passed the hat and did raise a healthy chunk of funds to try to give, uh, you know, expand it beyond the the two developers named Steve <laughs> uh, to in their spare time, right? Or, or in, their, in their consulting time, I think, um, to, to try to be a larger community. And I think that had some success. Um, but I, I, I think uh, and we've had other initiatives like the like the CII badging effort, which is now being rolled into OpenSSF, uh, uh, and uh, uh, lots of focus on security in the Linux kernel efforts. So, so there have been these different security initiatives. Oh, and a really big one has been uh, SPDX, which started life initially focused on licensing and making making sure that this big tarball of code I have and all the dependencies are appropriately licensed, right, and appropriately uh, open source, and I'm following all the rules and that kind of thing. But which now people are realizing, oh, it's easy to extend this to you know what are the ver- to, to a proper s-bomb uh type of uh scenario where i can understand if i've got these versions of code you know which ones are vulnerable and 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 really helps with the auditing and understanding not just in this tarball but in my entire enterprise uh where might i be vulnerable to to outstanding you know cves that have been fixed by updates and that kind of thing so the spdx effort that's now an iso standard um uh that is that's not being rolled under this but it's another linux foundation complementary effort so so with this i think we're trying to be more systematic about um uh what what are the tooling what are the the specifications what are standards but also what are what are what's some training we can do what are ways to 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 help the individual open source projects uh, even outside the linux Foundation have better processes and, and be better supported in, in, in prioritizing security. A lot of what I've heard specifically about security at this event has been around supply chain security. And obviously security covers a lot of stuff, but it at least appears that your your real focus initially is on this supply chain security. It's funny. I wanted to call it supply uh, 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 software NFTs, but I got shot down on that. Um, and it's something uh, that I, I, somebody told me earlier this week. We used to call just SCM, you know, uh, software configuration management, right? Um, uh, and and in, in fact, you know, it was source code management tools like like uh, GitHub, uh, Git, and Subversion, and others have long been about kind of like having that picture of where did software come from. But I think the metaphor of the supply chain not only are supply chains hot because of you know the hundred port ships <laughs> sitting off the, the port of long beach right uh but uh but also this recognition that 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 software does have a journey that, that we are building on top of open source components so much more than other than than previously and i remember 25 years ago when i was first getting involved and in, and you think about what you uh, what what the dependencies were in apache httpd it was like glibc and whatever the operating system provided it was pretty minimal these days you know open source packages will have thousands of dependencies you know partly because <laughs> uh, develop, developers who push to npm and pypy in places or do tiny packages around 10 lines of code and you aggregate all these together and it ends up being much harder to audit much harder to know if you're using updated versions of than usual so um so so the the framing of a supply chain seemed to to better crystallize the fact that that it is uh, a whole lot of different parties that touch this stuff um and i and i think it also helps characterize that this is an issue that industry cares about that is global in nature um, and 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 which governments are starting to care about now too I'd say one of the big galvanizers for uh, getting this to be a funded initiative was the the White House executive order back in May calling specifically for the technology industry not just open source but the technology industry to get better about supply chain uh, security so as to address uh, uh, the, the the kinds of vulnerabilities exploited in the the hack of solar winds and and other uh, major uh, famous breaches in the last few years now, I like your 
sort of reaction to how well understood this problem is? Because I've seen numbers that are sort of all over the place. I think Linux Foundation has some numbers to indicate, yeah, with the executive order, maybe things aren't so bad from the awareness point of view. However, from Red Hat runs this Global Tech Outlook survey right for a few years, and both last year and the status probably will be out by the time this podcast uh, comes out. When we asked about funding priorities for security, uh, third-party supply chain basically was the, the bottom of the barrel at 10%. What, what's your reaction? What are we seeing here? Security is so hard to price. Because you ask somebody, do you want to use secure software? Nobody says no, right? But what what objective metric do we have to know if we're secure enough, right? Other than, have you been hacked recently? Or are you aware that you've been hacked recently? And if your answer is, I've not been hacked, your answer is probably just you're not aware that you've been hacked, right? Um, uh, but we, we really are lousy at coming up with objective ways to, to say we've hit a score when it comes to, to, to the security of the software or the risk around uh, a breach or that kind of thing. Um, uh, but we do know for sure when we lack a feature that isn't generating revenue for us, right? So in product roadmaps, you know, whether we're talking about commercial software or even open source software, feature work tends to win out over paying off technical debt, when, tends to win out over updating dependencies, tends to, you know, and it's 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 a it's a shame, even though people say they pri- prioritize this, it's really hard to, to do that. So one of the things I've been thinking about as I've dived into this is how do we uh, get security to be not like a checklist kind of like burdensome bureaucratic kind of thing that developers you know uh, feel like they have to follow um, but instead to be uh, to have a, a a set of carrots that would incentivize devs to to to, to add the ad- extra attestation information to update their dependencies more often to make it easier for for their own end users to update right uh, their software there there's some software packages that are, make updates really smooth that respect legacy apis don't change things a lot there's others where every minor point release ends up being a rather disruptive update. So one of those things I think might be, imagine if cloud providers well, first off, through the work that I, that communities are doing through Salsa and SigStore, uh, I, through some of the other specifications work, I think we'll get to the point where You'll be able to say uh, to start to generate relative, perhaps even in 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 some some absolute metric, the the the, uh, the 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 integrity, the trustworthiness, and the risk profile of one tarball versus another, right? Or, or one collection of deployed software versus another, one system image versus another. And I I think you know cloud providers might be in a position to start to say, hey, we will charge less money. Mm-hmm. To, to run this this image if it's uh, has a lower risk associated with it if there's more, better attestation around the software if it's less a collection of one-offs done by people in their spare time and more something that's been vetted something that's been reviewed something that that is is pretty well established with kind of minor improvements or something right versus this other thing right so um, if we can get incentives by the the cloud host to charge less for that a far off future might even be insurance companies right how do we manage risk out there uh, in the world uh, uh, in the real world, it tends to be by buying insurance to to cover our costs if we if our car dies on us or or or, or you know we have a health scare or something like that. And the pricing of premiums in insurance mm-hmm. markets is one way to influence certain behaviors, right? It's one reason people stop smoking because their health insurance premiums went up if they were if they kept smoking. Um, so is there a way to make you know, de- you know tolerating vulnerabilities in software like smoking where you can do it but it's going to get expensive for you, right? Instead, if you just 
just updated that underlying version, you know, your costs would come down. Maybe this is a path to, to, to getting that to, to matter more in people's roadmaps. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess another way to kind of ask the same thing, you know, is this a, mat- a matter of people need to do this, but it's going to be expensive. They're going to have to spend a lot of money to do this, or is it they need to do it, but it doesn't necessarily need to be that onerous. So signing your releases... Um, uh, having a picture of the, the of when dependencies that you've uh, uh, that you depend upon are, are vulnerable, um, and and it might be worth updating them. Uh, uh, all the kinds of things. I mean, I think there's there's one a whole batch of activities we can do to make the development tools and 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 the way stuff gets deployed uh, embody these specifications and these principles out of the gate, so that stuff automatically happens. The right thing automatically happens, and I think it's uh, I think there's improvements we could make in the standard uh, software dev tools out there, maybe even in, in places like GitHub and GitLab and that kind of thing, to make the cost of adopting these things really low for developers, make it the due default, make it the norm, uh, you know, in the same way that accessing a TLS website today is the norm. You know, it's almost unusual to go to one without a TLS certificate, right? You'll get warned away now in current versions of Chrome, I think. Um, uh, so we've got to do that at the same time as we create incentives to do the things where there's unavoidably a cost. When you update an underlying dependency, you know, it's 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 almost never zero cost, right? So, what what's a, what's a reason to do that? Um, I think there have to be a series of carrots, as you call it, you know, and hopefully very few sticks. Um, finally, though, I think given the the government interest in this domain, you will start to see executive orders, like we saw even today, I, I believe it was or yesterday, where you know there was a a White House executive order telling all. All the federal agencies, they've got to update the firmware on routers and, and deal with all these, this specific set of outstanding known vulnerabilities or shut their systems down, right? I mean, that's ultimately what you have to do when you're running, uh, uh, you know, uh, old code that's unsafe. Um, uh, I think we might also start to see regula- regulated industries like finance or insurance start, the regulators might start to say, hey, if you're running code that hasn't been updated in five years, you are a clear and present danger to everyone else in the ecosystem, you know, shape up or ship out. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see if this starts to be embedded in, in the in the systems of the world that way so this is supply chain is kind of your initial focus here hmm. if you're looking kind of a little further out what are some of the other problems that where, where might be the next two or three problem areas that you all attack you know, I've heard tons of stories about this recently. I think it's a pretty well accepted trope that I don't have like a metrics on this, but application security and secure software development are not really taught in computer science courses, whether we're talking about, um, you know, the basic, you know, uh, 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 you know, the, 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 the current kind of education uh, uh, schools or the code, code academies, code camps, uh, or even other, other spaces. We just don't teach uh, a lot of this stuff. So we've come up with courseware already inside of OpenSSF, but how do we get that into the, the standard CS curriculum? and all the code academies and those kinds of things is, uh, I think, an important thing to do and figure out how to reward and, and, and recognize people for accomplishing that. Yeah. yeah, anything else you'd like to uh, share with our listeners? Well, the Open Source Security Foundation is is still pretty young. There's still lots of different uh, touch points, lots of different things that we're either working on or thinking about working on. Um, we now have some resources to go and apply to different domains. If you are interested in this domain, if you've got a project you think is worthy of, of bringing to OpenSSF or or, or if you care about this for your own open source project, please come to OpenSSF.org. Please come engage in the working groups. The working groups are really the primary kind of unit of work <laughs> in, the, in, our, in our community. And we'd love to have you in no matter what level you're at in terms of expertise. We really want to help the, whole, the entirety of the open source ecosystem up level in, in this space. So uh, all are welcome. 
Hey, thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Innovate at Open. For future episodes, subscribe to Innovate at Open on your favorite podcast app. You can also go bitmason, B-I-T-M-A-S-O-N, dot blogspot.com for show notes, blogs, and a full archive of episodes and more. Thank you for listening. This is Gordon Half, Technology Evangelist at Red Hat.